Welcome to the 1132YA podcast. If you're ever in the area, join us for The Gathering every third Tuesday at 7 p.m. at 700 Rivercrest Boulevard, Allen, Texas. Well, we got a lot of, a lot of fun questions, and <laughs> we might get to like two of them because the pastor, Pastor Jamie, starts preaching. Y'all know good and well I'm about to run this stage, <laughs> and we might just do two questions and start praying for everybody in the room. I'm just kidding, but I do got a bunch of questions I want to ask, but uh, I, feel like, I feel like we just need to start with talking about first impressions of one oh. another. Oh. Pastor, right. what was your first so impression? Fun. Y'all might be here a little while. Jamie needs to expound on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tease him. I'll tease him. My first impression was that he had the hugest neck. Was that a bad or a good thing? He worked out, like you think he's buff now. You should have seen him in 2006. I told him, you've got to take the neck down, bro. (laughs) You're so buff, you're so huge, I cannot even handle it right now. Like you're gonna squash me if we hug. (laughs) They told me size matters. Ah! (laughs) I'm sorry, hey, welcome tonight to the gathering. We're so glad you're here. I, think I get to say everything pastor. tonight that I normally don't get to say on Sunday. Right, He's right, going to have right. so much fun. <laughs> but I also was struck by his passion. Yeah, okay. That was first impression. I, wanted, I always wanted to be with somebody who's passionate about life, God, people. And I saw that in him behind the huge neck. <laughs> and beautiful blue eyes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. My yeah. mom actually told me in the most awkward moment of all time, she goes, It was awkward just, for us, too. Yeah, him and my mom went out before him and I went out. And All they right. were sitting, getting a, a Biggie Coke from McDonald's. I know you weren't drinking a Coke. I was drinking a water. A water, just like you. And she, told, she recounted the story to me later. Because I was a missionary in Thailand, and she was like, we went out. We had the most amazing time. He has beautiful blue eyes. I think he's going to be a really good lover. <laughs> my Amen. mother. I Amen. feel like he'd be a really good lover. He's like, he's just very in tune. I'm like, okay, mom, lines have been crossed. <laughs> Anyways, I will relinquish the mic now. Needless to say, we're very close. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, first time that I uh, saw Jamie, I was driving a 15-passenger church van. Let's go. I was, I was feeling pretty on top of my game. <laughs> and um, she got out of a car, and I saw her from... Um, from behind. And I told the guy that I was with, I'm like, do you know who that girl is? And uh, he goes, I haven't seen her face yet. I'm like, yeah, no, do you know who she is? He goes, no, I don't know. I'm like, we have to find out. And you better pray to God she's coming to this camp because we're about to go to a camp. And um, so my first impression, um, her long blonde hair and and, all that from from behind. but I had heard a lot of stories about Jamie, and we're both from the same small town, and I uh, had heard a lot of stories about her, and everybody that talked about her uh, always talked about her ability, what, some of the things Jaylee said, her ability to make everybody feel special, her, ability, her, her adventurous side, and uh, every time I tried to like talk with her or communicate with her, she was like on another continent because she was a missionary for a couple years, and uh, I love that. I, I love that she didn't wait for anybody um, or anyone to tell her to be something or to do something. She didn't need a man in her life. She just was going to run after Jesus. She was going to run after the call, and uh, I, I remember being super attracted to that quality. It was mysterious a little bit, like 
man, she's different from other girls um, because she was really had her head down and ran um, after the things of God. Come on. I know there are a lot of people in this room who are contemplating relationships, and this really conversation gets real fun uh, because people ask me, you know, Pastor, what are some things that I could do to prepare myself for a relationship? Like, what are some prereqs that I got to do to get ready for a relationship? What would you say to that? Lay off the weights, apparently. <laughs> Just the neck ones. The ab ones, that's totally good. You're doing good on those. <laughs> I think for uh, me, I'm really passionate about singleness. And when somebody tells me they're single, I'm like, you're amazing. That's amazing. I'm not the person that's like, who do you like? Which I love love. I do. I love love when you find it and it's right. But there is so much power to be found in a single life. And you're married your whole life. That's great. And I just, if you're single, not a knock to anybody in a relationship, because that's beautiful too, but there is such a beautiful thing about the single years. And if I hadn't taken my single years to heart, and it just, mm. I feel like been waiting and thirsty and desperate for the one to come around, and I hadn't just finally thrown all caution in the wind and be like, come hell or high water, God, come cute boy or not, um, it's you and me. Um, so when somebody's single, I get excited for you because you're going to get married. You are. You're going to be with somebody. You're going to have a love of your life. But it's such an incredible time. And I think the most important thing that I found in my single years and getting ready, what PT was asking was, instead of just waiting for the right one, just becoming the right one. And a small life, a small life will never sustain a big relationship. And we all want, like, life-changing relationships. We all want to change the world, most of us. We all want to be with somebody who's passionate and loving. We all want to have just real talk. You know, we all want to have relationships where we're fulfilled sexually, we're fulfilled emotionally. We have all of these dreams. But if we never become big in and of ourselves without somebody else, why is God going to curse somebody with me? You know, if I'm not willing to be what I want, so if I want a leader, I need to learn to be a leader. If I want to be, if I want to be with a man who's pure, I need to be, I need to learn to be pure. If I want to be with somebody passionate, I need to learn to be passionate. And so I think just being who you want to be is the best thing I learned in my years. That's, that's good. That's really good. Y'all should take some notes on that. That was, that was really good. I, I think... Um, for me, just like looking backwards, and it's one of the things that I think Jamie did so well, but in, in my world, in my life, I was always looking to the next thing. So I, I was so, so anticipating, I love you all over here, I don't want to like turn my back on, uh, I was so anticipating the next season. When I'm single, I'm anticipating the girlfriend, I'm anticipating the that I missed the things that, that God really wanted to do in me in those moments and the preciousness of those moments. We love being married, yeah. but there, there is a preciousness that Jamie was mentioning in that, that, that being single, that you really allow the Lord to work on you and develop you, strengthen you, disciple you, uh, discipline you. There's just something powerful about that. And, and you know what's wild is a lot of people never have a single season. They may have been single for a season, but they've never had a single season. Oh, There's man. a difference. Talk There's a difference. You, you, you got to have a, allow a season. If you're single right now, be all the way single. 
and enjoy it. Travel the world. Run after your dreams. Oh Go yes. on a mission trip. Yes. Change the world. Start a nonprofit. Yes. Just, just allow yourself just to run, to soar, to fly. Don't let anything hold you back. You don't need a husband or a wife to tell you, like, to go chase your dreams. You know what I found is if you begin to chase after your dreams, you elevate your playing field. Like, like pe people lower their standards because they haven't lived well. So, like, the, the, you're, you're fishing in a pond that is really similar to who you are as a person. If you begin to elevate your own life, right. you fish in a different pond. You know, people say there's, like, a lot of fish in the sea. Well, there's a lot of tanks. There's a lot of fish tanks. And if you're living low, so you're always pulling people from that same tank. But when you begin to elevate your life, I'm telling you, this, so this is the truth. So Some of you are like, man, I woke up, looked in the mirror. I know I don't have a chance. I'll tell you how you have a chance, all right? Yeah. You, you, it was a joke. It was, okay. um, I'll tell you how you have a chance, though. If you would elevate your life, you change from fishing here to fishing up here. You, you, changed, your, you changed your selection. You changed your options. I don't know if you know this or not, but you can change your options. Yeah. Well, do you believe in the one? Yeah, I believe in, the, I, I believe in one that you're supposed to, supposed to marry and, and all that kind of stuff. But I also think that you can settle for way less than God has for you by just deciding, I'm just going to take whatever I can get without working on me or working uh, in, 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 on a relationship. But when you begin to develop yourself, God will elevate you. I heard someone say this a long time ago. The anointing is attractive. I believe that. I believe that. You don't have to have much looks if you can get anointed. So true. I mean, you, you don't have to have much personality. So you know what I'm saying? Like, if you can get anointed. I, I'm not a very fun guy. I'm just going to tell you. Like, I'm not a very fun guy. There's not a lot to my personality. It's like, You're fun, it's Pastor. just, there's not a lot there. And so when God called me to youth ministry, I was like, these are going to be the most boring kids. That I mean, all I knew how to do was pray and preach which worked out really well because we relied on God. But I, I was like, as far as entertainment, we're in trouble. But I'm going to just tell you this. If you can elevate your living, your life, your health, your soul, your heart, God, God will begin to bring people in your life that you normally wouldn't have in your life or that you wouldn't even normally deserve. Can I say one thing to the girls as well regarding being Talk to the like ladies. you? <laughs> My girls. I'm a girl's girl. I love girls. I love women. I think they're powerful. I think they're amazing. And this is one thing that I feel like just to you specifically that you can do if you're blessed to be single right now is like really cultivate self-respect and not let any person, parent, teacher, professor, friend, or boy <laughs> tell you who you are. And self-respect will set you up for a life with somebody who will treat you like an absolute queen. <laughs> and the, we teach people how to treat us. And so for us girls, if we go through life and we're just willing to settle and we're just willing to give it up here, give it up there. I have a friend in my life who seven years ago was just giving it up, like full on, just giving it up, giving it up, thirsty as can be. And she decided in a moment to change her life and to have some self-respect. And she pressed into the presence of God. She shut the doors on numerous things. And now she has guys, literally good guys, really cute guys. I've seen some of them. 
beating down her flipping door. And she's like, mm, I think I could do better. That's, that's the power of what two years can do when you decide I am worth this and I will not settle for less. Than, and I'm not talking about arrogance, like you better treat me right. I don't like sassy. I don't like fake like pride or arrogance. But a woman, a girl with some self-respect that says, no, I'm sorry, like that's not who I am, that's not how I'm gonna be treated, and as hard and painful as it is, it is to shut that door, be willing to do it, and beautiful things will open. So I think self-respect is huge. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. I think um, you, said that, you said something about just hurt people for someone else's or just wanting, for me, like, I never really had that season. And so I feel like, sometimes like, gosh, I wish I would have had that season, but I put a ring on it. We good, baby. We good. Okay, you know what I mean. And here's what I'm saying. I wish I would have a season before then to prepare and get hard. I just think it would have been easier for me. Yeah. But let's yeah. just say that someone is like that who hasn't yeah. had their own strength in a relationship and they have that same person feeling themselves. There's still a lot of things to work on and they haven't settled. What would you suggest they should do? Yeah. <sighs> I'm nervous. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I love um, the concept of the grace of God. You know, a lot of us have made a lot of mistakes. A lot of us have made just a lot of stupid decisions or, or whatever. But th this is the cool thing about God, is he's a redeeming God. So good. I think it's the best to do it right the first time. I think it's the best option to, 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 to make right decisions all the time. But I mean, for real, like how many of us have done that? You know, it's like we, we, all, we all have made yeah. mistakes. We've made mistakes. Yeah. We, I mean, we've got things that, 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 that we regret, things that we wish we would have done different, all of those things. So, so I, I, I think um, sometimes people ascribe value according to what they believe they deserve because of what they've done in the past. And I'm just going to tell you this. That's not the way God yes. gives value. So I wouldn't so value good. yourself or your future relationships so based on what you've done in past relationships wow. or what yeah. you've done already in the current relationship so that you're in. I just think there's never a bad time to start. Wow. This is never a bad time to start. And you know what? I found this about God. God can accelerate seasons. Yeah. And, and things that normally would take years, God can do in months. He, he can do things with submitted hearts. He can do things. God can heal your heart. I've, I've heard people, you know, that have just really um, just given themselves away um, sexually and multiple partners and all these things and have lived with shame and weight. And I have seen God break yeah. that shame off their life, enter into loving relationships, loving marriages, have great sex life, have great relationship, great intimacy as a result of God just bringing healing. That's right. the God we serve. Yeah. He's a redeeming God. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He can do the impossible. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. So I would say if you're in a relationship now and you're like, man, I never had that season of singleness, it might be a little abrupt to break up right now over text or something. You know, like, hey, I'm going into my season of singleness. Um, that'd be just, you know, I don't want them to, like, be mad at me or uh, just, like, do it on your own time. But uh, I would say just start now. Raise those standards. Raise those values. Start now. Commu if you're in a relationship, communicate about it. Talk about it. Hey, this is what we can do. Because I, I found a lot of times, like, when one person changes, 
change doesn't last that long. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Like the other one person in your head, you're thinking, we are going to change the relationship. It's not we if it's still in your head. It's, it has to be communicated. You have to talk about it. The biggest thing I learned, and I've learned in my relationship with Jamie, is that she's not thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I'm not thinking what she's thinking. But we both think that each other's thinking what, that it, it's, not, it's not, we're speaking two different languages. And so I would say if you're in a relationship, don't assume that they want what you want. Actually have conversation about it. Talk about it emotionally, physically, timeline, future. You might be dating someone recreationally and they think you're going to marry them. It'd probably be good to have a conversation. So that, that, that's starting afresh is just recalibrating the entire thing, saying, why are we in this? What are we in it for? Where are we going? It's never too late to, st it's never too late to start. Maybe tonight's your start. He's like, man, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to have some value for myself, or I'm going to have a season of singleness. Or in my relationship that I am right now, we're going to make some new standards, some new values uh, moving forward. I think, too, an answer to Jay's question, I've seen this even in y'all's relationship, which is really beautiful um, since you've been here, is that even though they're married and God's anointing is on them, they have both allowed God to develop in them personal giftings and callings. Which is a really beautiful thing. If you know Jay, she's a powerful worship leader. If you know PT, he's a powerful communicator. He's powerful, like, in friendships. He's a powerful mentor. And so I think it's just really neat to see. And I think that, like, like you were saying, Jay, if, if you've never experienced the season of singleness and you're already in pretty deep <laughs> and you really love them and they're really great, start to cultivate your own personal identity within the we if that makes sense, like, I feel like you guys do this very well, is that, like, PT, he champions Jay on the stage. He champions her. He, he asks her to do exhortation. He's singing while she's singing up here and probably not as beautiful as she is. <laughs> Definitely I'm not singing as beautiful as she is, right? But you still have, you're still able to cultivate you, and that doesn't mean that you're, like, oh, forget PT and I'm doing my own thing. It's a beautiful synergy of giftings and callings that work together. So I think it is possible to like still cultivate what you get in singleness within a marriage, a relationship, but that is in one that is godly, healthy, and that you love. <laughs> one question that I get asked a lot is, is like, what are some red flags, PT? And what my breaks specialty. We got, come on, what breaks my heart is, is when I see, is when I see young necks. ladies. Yeah. <laughs> what breaks my heart is when I see young ladies get their, get their heart broke by, by some weasel, by some guy that's not ready. So what are some red flags, Pastor Jamie, that, that, yeah. that you think? Oh, there's a 15-minute counter on there, so I'll take about the next 16 minutes. That's all right. And unpack. No, you're welcome to come to my, I'm actually teaching our interns on Thursday, so we will be going through numerous red flags. Y'all are invited. I don't know if I have the authority to invite everybody, but I, can I, can I do that? Yeah, everybody, come on out. Thursday, 9 a.m., we're going to go in on the deep red flags, but a few of them, um, I think, because I've seen them in my own relationships over the years, that were not even necessarily bad. Maybe not just not the best. So every, red flags aren't just like, he hits me. Well, clearly that's a red flag, right? So I'm not going to talk about the obvious ones, like he's not a Christian or she's, you know, verbally abusive or she cheats on me. Or, those are clearly red flags. But here are some, like, a couple just very practical ones that go a little deeper than the obvious. Number one, lies. Right. Any lies. Yep. Lies of any kind. 
And most of the time, she won't lie to you, maybe, in the way that, because once you love somebody, it, it's all, it all goes blurry. It did for me, too. No one's bad for going blurry. We just go blurry, okay? But you've got to pay attention to if they're lying to their parents, if they're lying to their boss. I'm sick. Really, they just want to go out with you to Dallas to Houndstooth. What's that cool coffee shop? Houndstooth. I'm working so hard. I got two toddlers. I'm trying to keep up. Go out to coffee. Yeah. But like the little lies, because here's the thing. If they're going to lie to their parents who want them home at 11, they're going to lie to you someday when they're out on a work trip. That's, that is the bottom line. If they're going to lie to their mama about where they are when they're out with you, because she wants them home or she needs them to be watching their siblings, then in 10 years when you're married and pregnant with another kid screaming in the other room and they're like, oh, I got to work, I got to work night. I got, I got to go out with the guys for, for work. You're never going to be able to trust it. So lies are a huge red flag. The littlest tiny, tiny lies. I know you have a lot to say about that as well, integrity and lies, but do you have another one on top of that? Um, another, <laughs> another. Another Keep that mic on, guys. Why are you trying to cut me out? <laughs> I like to say things in between things. <laughs> so I think just just looking for integrity, looking for, and that's not to say, like, some of us were raised in cultures and family cultures where there's just, you lie, you have to lie to survive. But like Dee was saying, like, it's time to start over. And even to this day, like, I work to be, like, a person of integrity. And that's not always easy. Even my son asked me the other day, like, um, what, what were you doing while I was at school? And I didn't want to tell him. And so I came to my mind instinctively to say something that wasn't true to my five-year-old. And so if it's coming up in me, somebody who values integrity and lives by integrity, I know it's coming up in all of you in little ways, but we have to know that if we want to be good partners to people and if we want to find somebody who is godly, who's going to be trustworthy, You've got to find somebody who is integrous. Integrity means being bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. And you've got to find somebody who's bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. Because anybody can sit across a houndstooth with you and be like, blah, 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 I love God. Blah, 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 yeah, I'm a great brother. Blah, 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 yeah, my mom is amazing. Look, I got my mom's name. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> anybody can say what you need to hear. Anybody can say it. Anybody with half an IQ can say it. What does their life demonstrate? What kind of worker are they? What kind of son are they? What kind of intern are they? What kind of just enough with the talking and more of the action? It's great. Whew, it's intense. I'm so sorry. You can better I believe really I tell the truth in my home. <laughs> Boy, you don't, want, you don't want that wrath. Uh. But you have told the truth numerous times when it's been yes. hard. Yes, I have. And I that makes, yes, I never track him. Well, I do track him, but just to know when he's coming home so I can clean the house really quick. <laughs> I never, I don't check his Facebook. And I don't track you unless it's church day to see if you're actually going <laughs> to be here on time, which I did you know tonight, by the way. You know it's true. Let's talk about dynamics, though. <laughs> I don't check his Instagram. I don't check his Facebook messages. I'm not like, where is he? I'm not asking Bianca, like, what's he up to now? And what's, who's he meeting with? And is the door open? Because she's pretty. Never. Never. And you know why? And girls, doesn't that sound nice? To be in a relationship where you don't have to be panicked all the time, it's because he never lied. Little or big. It's such a relief. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I, I think um, 
we, we kid ourselves when we think that someone will do something to someone but never to us. It, 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 it is the deception, the blindness that comes with emotional attachment that thinks that what they're doing to others is only to others and it will never come around to us. It will come around to you. It will come back to you. I'm not trying to scare anybody. It's, it's just the truth. It will come back to you. So I would say, so maybe someone's asking, like, I'm in a relationship, and I might maybe possibly see that red flag. Well, if, if, you're, if you're in deep already, and you can't break up, just joking, um, maybe. Uh, if, if, if you're in already, you need time. So I'm going to say, I'm going to just tell you just a red flag that maybe not a lot of people talk about. But I think impatience is a red flag. If someone has to have commitment in a hurry, it's a red flag. If someone has to have assurance of the future right now, it's a red flag. If someone has to advance physically right now, it's a red flag. If someone needs you to love them right now, it's a red flag. No one should be pressured into love. No one should be pressured into commitment. No one should be pressured into a physical relationship. No, that, that's, that's not love. You, you all know what love is, right? The Bible talks about what love is. It's cliche. It's the love chapter. But it's actually the definition of love. Love is, it says all kinds of different descriptions about what love is, none of which we culturally accept as love. Love is patient. Well, that's sexy, isn't it? It's like, man, I'm so patient. <laughs> big, big neck. Like, big no, neck. that's not sexy. But it's love. Love is kind. Love does not keep record of wrongs. Love, love never fails. I mean, th that's what love is. And we have so bought into chemistry and romance and pleasing other people that we have totally made relationships self-serving. But I'm going to tell you this. If a relationship is ever going to work for you, it is not going to because it's, be because it's serving you. It is going to, going to be because you finally got to a place where you want to serve them because that's love. And when you begin to serve from a place of love, that love will be reciprocated. If it's not, they're using you, and you need to get rid of them. Relationships thrive on reciprocity, which means give and take. If you're always giving and there is no give back, it is not reciprocity. If someone is always taking, that is a red flag. If they always need to be the top of a conversation, if they always have the need, if they always have the problem, if they, that's not a good situation. That's not going to feel good in 30 years. It's going to feel good right now when you're the savior for the first like four months. But it ain't going to feel good when you're 55. And you're like, for the last 30 years. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you think about a relationship, you should just start fast-forwarding 30 years. Like, you don't want to do that. I didn't want to do it. I still don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about 50s. Like, oh. Like, Pastor Tyler was like, man, we're so glad they came to the young adult game. I, I am a young adult, man. Like, what you talking about? I'm not, it's like, don't have to welcome me in. Like, I, I am a young adult. I don't want to think about the future, but this, this, this is the truth of the matter. We are, we are talking about relationships that will last into the future. So I, I would say impatience is something you should just watch for. 
it, 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 it should be something that you're willing. If you really love someone, you should be patient with them. If you really love someone, you should be willing to take some time. Because it's not about you feeling comfortable. It's about them feeling comfortable. Because you love them. It's not, a, it's not about you getting your physical needs met. It's about them feeling safe. And them feeling comfortable. And them having their standards met. And they, So if you serve that way, then that, that impatience kind of begins to dissipate. But I would say impatience is a big one. A couple of other quick ones. I think somebody who's not teachable is a red flag. Yeah. Somebody who's never wrong, who always has excuses, whose parents are always down on him, whose pastors are always down on him, his friends never get him, nobody gets me, nobody, I'm just a lone wolf. Like somebody who ne can never be sorry, that always has a reason for doing what he does or she does. I think that's a red flag. Another one, just very, very practically, um, I just thought of it, not teachable. Oh, and like, <clears throat> this is like, I need to unpack this a little, but like their friend group can be red flags. You are who your friends are. That is just the sad truth of our life is show me your friends and show me your future. That's it. And I'm not saying I have friends that are atheists. I have friends that are unsaved. I have friends that drink, gamble, smoke, run around, sleep around. You name it, they do it. But my closest friends are men and women of God. Like, I am talking men and women of God. And I think, like, if you are, if you like a guy, ladies, and he's cute and loves God and raises his hand in worship, because you know anybody can raise their hands in worship, right? Like, anybody can do that. So that's not a sign of spirituality. Who do they go out with afterwards, and what are they up to? Because I think that, so t they can be green flags, I guess, too, friends. Because if they're surrounded, one of the first questions I asked Dustin when we started dating was, who's your best friend? His best friend was a guy named Jonathan Willie. I was like, what do you and Jonathan like to do together? I'm getting ready. Like, what, like go to the casino 30 minutes up the road? Well, at night, we like to go down to the church and put on music and pray half the night. I'm like, oh, geez, this is over. I'm done. This is done. I am, it's over. His best friend and him, their recreational activity was going and praying. So that was a green flag. So it's not always a bad sign. Look at their friends, because their friends will, really will tell you who they're going to be. Y'all know there's only one position that Christians can have sex in, right? It's missionary. It's just, just church joke. Tough crowd. Bad church joke. Um, been waiting all night to say that one. Um, it was a joke, and if someone's told you that, it's not true. Either that or we're in sin. Okay. Um, moving right along. Isn't that fun to feel uncomfortable like that? You know what I found? It feels more comfortable yeah, to say it than it does to hear always. it. Because we were at like we were in a marriage conference or something, and Jamie started talking about stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I just want to run to the office. But it feels better if you're the one saying it. So I'm sorry for how you're feeling. It feels great up here. Um, I found the secret. Just be the one to talk about it. 
because if you sit, yeah, it's, it's, it's awkward. Um, you know, I think, I think our culture has so watered down what sexual morality is. Um, it's just become so accepted. I, I remember years ago when I was doing youth ministry, um, I, I had a kid that, was, that came to talk to me, and he was saying, I don't understand why you guys have such high standards uh, about sexuality and, and having sex and, and all these things. He goes, at my school, which he was talking about Allen High School, he said, at my school, like, I can ask a girl for a blowjob, like, whenever I want. And he goes, that doesn't mean that I'm dating her or that doesn't mean I'm committed to her. It's just like sometimes, like, we'll just do that for friends. That's what he told me. He was a freshman at Allen High School. And I think that's, like, obviously that's not true of everywhere, and for everyone, but it is, a, it, it, it is a picture of what our culture has done to the sanctity, the, the reverence of a sexual relationship that happens under covenant, right? So, so sexual immorality is any type of sexual release outside of covenant. That's if you want the actual definition. So you can, you can draw your own conclusions to what that includes for you. But, but the actual definition is a sexual release outside of covenant. And what I found is that people want to, like, test drive the car before they buy it. And, and, and I don't think that's the way God designed it. I think that God has designed a relationship to be under covenant and under commitment. So this is just like, in simple terms, if you're dating, if there is no commitment, like you're just going on dates, you're just going on, what, what are you doing? Are you making out on those dates? Well, that's not wrong. Yeah, but there's no commitment. There's no commitment. Why are you giving of yourself emotionally or physically if you can't commit? Now, here's the problem. Guys will always take the easiest way out. So let me just say it this way. Girls, if you don't make a guy work, he will not work. I mean, the most godly guys. My hobby may have been praying, but I was taking the easy way out. Man, you should have heard me. I'm like, man, we're not going to kiss till we get married. I don't want to do any of that. Like, second date. I'm like, man, I'm an idiot. Why did I say that? Like, you're beautiful. Like, this is working. My neck is large. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was, that was difficult. I, but but a, lot of things, a lot of things that I said were ideals, were things I threw out there without understanding even the gravity of, of what I was saying. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. God wants, I, I believe this, God's raising up a generation that he is restoring the value of a sexual relationship. And I'm going to tell you this. There are, there are layers to you sexually, and there are layers to you emotionally. And each of those need to be unfolded under commitment. So some of you are like, well, we never had sex, but you're telling each other you're committed for life, you love each other, or or you're not committed for life, but you love each other, you're making all these plans for the future, but he hasn't committed to you. I told the interns this uh, when we were talking about relationships. When I proposed to Jamie, this is the truth, when I proposed to Jamie, this is how hard she made me work, I proposed to Jamie, I did not know if she was going to say yes. And let me just tell you how I proposed, which, like an idiot, I did something, like, really lavish, really big. Like, if she would have said no, I would have been so humiliated. We flew to Hawaii for the day, right? Only time I lied in our relationship. 
Told her we were picking up someone from the airport. I really wanted her to come with me. 4.30 a.m., we went to the airport. There was no one there. Had her backpack. We're out of there. We fly to Hawaii. We beach hop all day. Rented a Jeep, beach hop. Just beach to beach to beach. And uh, Waikiki, sun's going down on the wall in Hawaii. I've got a ring tied up in my board shorts. And I, I said, hey, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I went to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, God, if she says no, like, first of all, I sold my jet ski to get that ring. <laughs> Second of all, we're in freaking Hawaii. So I'm like, I'm like, I have this plan in my mind, like, if she says no, I'll just send her home, and I'll just stay here and live on the beach. Because, like, I'm not going to go home and face that humiliation. But this is the God honest truth. I didn't know if she would say yes. And, and, and that fear brought something out of me that I think needs to be brought out of every man. Oh, it, so it, it is the fear of saying, I love her enough that I'm going to risk it, so even if she said no. Because what we do is, I love you if you love me. That's a pile of crap. Man, I'm into you if you're into me. No, are you in or not? And I had to make a decision, and she made me. I, I wouldn't have made that decision if I didn't have to. I'm just going to tell you. But she made me work for that decision by protecting her heart, by keeping our standards, by, by us having a relationship that was accountable and committed. And so when I... When I got down on one knee on the wall in Hawaii, I'm like, oh, God, she's worth it. It's worth the chance. And we just had a really fun day, beach hop in Hawaii. But it was worth the chance. And, and I just hope for every person that you are not trying to get something without committing to something. If you want it that bad, commit to something. If you want it that bad, then Commit. Guys, like, do this recreational dating thing. It's pathetic. You look pathetic. Your life is pathetic. You are pulling fishing in a pool. That is pathetic. Because the only people that will go on dates with you are low lives that you're going to be disappointed with. What you have, are you all right? What you need to do is elevate your game. Where a girl won't say yes to you all the time. Where a girl actually tell you no, and then you'll find something in yourself that you didn't know was there. And you say, you know what? Even if she says no, she's that good. She's that worth it to me. I'll take a risk. I'll look like a fool for the chance. That place of fear is a place every man needs to get to really pull out the greatness that's inside of him. Because it's in us all. It's in us all. We just got to work for it. So I would say this about sexual immorality. We're out of time. But I, I, want, I want you to know this, that you need to value your relationships, your sex life, and whether you're starting that, whether you've been sexually immoral, all that kind of stuff, what, no matter what you've done, maybe you've slept with 100 people, whatever, you need to, like, really pray about even tonight deciding, like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done until I'm ready to commit. Some people say, well, that just sounds so archaic. That is so antiquated. Let me ask you this question. How do you think our culture's relationship standards are working out for them? <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't be an idiot. Don't, don't let, don't let your, your lust make you put a label like antiquated on a God-given yeah. system that's supposed to give you what you want. You know what we do as Christians? When we don't want to do it, we just say, ah, that's Old Testament. When we don't want to do it, well, that doesn't fit our world today. How's our world today working? 
Hollywood marriage lasts like 18 minutes. How many people were you sure was the right one? How many people were you sure this is the one I'm going to marry and it didn't work out? How many of you committed, giving your heart away again and again and again, and now you're just hoping for a one more chance with someone? Come on. Obviously, we don't have it right. We've got to change some things. And I'll tell you this. When you begin to value yourself, God will bring you someone that values you as well. I'm, I'm telling you. Anybody, can I just say this? Are you good? Can I just say this? If you're single in here, stop stressing. Don't even worry another day. I'm telling you, God is bringing someone for you. God has someone prepared. Don't stress another day. You just give yourself. Commit yourself wholly, completely. Work on you. And, and, and just have a new set of standards. And see what God starts doing in, in, in your life. You want to say anything on that? I'll calm down. Sorry. Come on. Love you. No, we're like, we don't even know this guy. Come on. <laughs> uh, we're somewhere special right now, Pastor. I'm going to have you pray um, in just a moment. Um, Pastor Jamie, you got any thoughts just regarding anything he just said? We'd love to just hear um, just your heart on, on, on some, of that, some of that matter. On the, the sexual, yeah. sexuality thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's instinctive since I, the time I was a teenager, you know, I was raised in church up until now. The question that we always get more than anything else is probably how far is too far. And just speaking to the sexuality and sex and relationships outside of marriage is if you're asking the question, you're already too far. Um, Because it's not a black and white, here's a line, don't kiss, do kiss, don't, you know, like we kissed before marriage, did we? Yeah, we did. (laughs) Yes, when we were engaged, yeah. and so some people don't kiss until marriage. Some people can kiss the first time they're starting dating. There isn't a sexual line crossed. There's every, so it's not this thing where, where it's like, give me this legalistic thing that I can do in order to like be, you know, it has to be a surrender to God. And again, to the ladies, like this, it takes you stepping up in this area, sexuality inside the relationship, because men I think men get a bad rap sometimes, and just men are pervs, men are this, men are that, men always have one thing on their mind, men, and that may be true to a point, but I talk to a lot of girls, and we got it on our mind a lot, too, (laughs) you know, like, we click on stuff, too, we think about things, too, and I think, like, for women, though, it is sometimes easier inside of a dating relationship to help and to help monitor that, and so I think sometimes we're raised in a culture where And I always say this, guys, when you're looking for a girl, look for someone innocent. And by innocent, I do not mean virgin at all, at all. Um, I know a lot of virgins that are absolute hoochie mamas, for real, because they use their sexuality, they use their proudness, they use their looks, they use their vibe to get guys going, and then they don't deliver because, oh, I'm a virgin. That is not innocent. I know girls who've been in relationships that have been in abusive or manipulative relationships that have been sexually active that I would say are very innocent in their hearts. And so it's not this thing of I do this or I don't do this. It's a, it's a heart mindset. And so when it comes to sexuality, again, for us girls, like if we can not use, not buy into culture that sexuality is going to get us what we want. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with being beautiful or pretty or being sexual inside of your marriage or 
wanting to have sex or any of those feelings, I always tell the guys in our internship, like, God didn't create you, and then the devil didn't put your penis on. The devil didn't do that. I don't mean to be crude. I'm not a crude person. I don't watch crude movies. I'm really not. Like, I'm not, like, trying to be, like, shock value. I'm genuinely trying to say to you, like, the devil didn't give you that drive. The devil didn't give you that sex organ, and God gave you, like, your heart for worship. No, God gave you all of it. And if we learn to enjoy the fire within the fireplace, right, and not while the house is burning down around us, if we can listen to God long enough to where we actually learn to enjoy it in the right place and time that he appointed, it's amazing and wonderful and not stressful and not tense and not crazy, you know, but we have to, it's, I think this is where it just comes, it's so cliche, but it's so true, like, at what point do we trust what God said, or when, when do we not? When do we trust him, like, God, I want to light this match in this, we all, we were driving through the redwoods when the fires were going in California this last year, and I was like a panicked mess, I used to be an adventurer, now I'm like the most fearful, worrying person in the world, people change after marriage, so... Um, unfortunately for him, and I'm like, oh my God, where, I'm like, the smoke everywhere, I'm like, where are the flames, where are the flames, because literally the, the forest was going down around us, like around us, it was completely taking out trees that are older than Jesus himself, this fire is disintegrating, but we, we just remodeled our fireplace at home, and it is just amazing, and that's what sex is when you do it God's way, it is comforting, it is safe, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it feels good, it's nice, all of it. But we have to pay the price for it, just like anything else. And the price is now, when you're single and when you're dating. And there's prices to pay after marriage, too, Amen. which that's probably for another time. Yeah. Part two. Come on, did y'all enjoy this tonight? Come on, can we thank our pastors for a moment? Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more information, connect with us on social media at 1132YA.